I'm Kim Beller. And this is Art Nest Podcast, where we share authentic conversations about art, our artful lives and our practice, and probably everything in between. We're about to get raw and authentic with you. I'm doing great. It's a big day. 11, 11, 11, and one more 11 for us. <laughs> yeah, we're still here and loving it. So yeah. yeah, 11th episode, 11th hour, 11th day on the 11th month. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I just love the significance of 11, 11. I don't know if you feel certain things on 11-11 and also when you look at the clock and it's 11-11, do you ever feel that like ping? Yeah, I do. I I seem to always check the clock and it reads 11-11. My husband, on the other hand, always looks at the clock and it says (gasps) 9-11. Lenny too. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's also a super high vibe number, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And also it's uh, Veterans Day. So yes. uh, happy Veterans Day. Happy and Veterans Day uh, you. thank you, Rob Campbell, for serving and all of the many others. Yeah, lots of veterans out there. And, uh, you know, it wasn't always called Veterans Day. It was originally Armistice Day. I don't know oh. if you knew that or not. Uh, I didn't know that. And there's some significance with 11-11 with that too, right? There is. That's they. They sort of commemorated uh, the the end of World War One on the eleventh hour, eleventh day, eleventh month, just like we're sort of celebrating. Nice. Um, and it was meant to pay tribute to all of our American veterans, living or dead, but especially gives thanks to all of our living veterans who served our country. So shout out to all our veterans and their families for standing by and uh, supporting the home front. Yeah. Well, and you have a lot of experience with that. I do. Yeah. So good for you. And thank you. Uh, I know it hasn't always been the easiest thing in the world, right? No, not always, but uh, we are army strong. That's for sure. Yeah, that's great. And I think it's important to recognize when you are talking about veterans and veterans day, to also recognize the spouses. Oh, that's so sweet of you. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. You deserve to be recognized too, for all of the work that you've done behind the scenes that really people don't even understand or know about. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Okay. So 1111, when you see 1111, whether it's on your clock or the date or whatever, like really stop for a moment and pay attention to what is happening around you. Like maybe you or maybe you just had a thought in your head that is pretty profound and if you tap into that it can just manifest also maybe there's a song playing on the radio or you're listening to a certain kind of music maybe you're dancing and you see the 1111 whatever it is that you're doing in the moment just stop and sit with that for a minute and pay attention to kind of what's coming through if you will it's just a really great time for for manifesting to happen. I mean, a really profound time for I manifesting. Love, I yeah. love that. And whenever I see it, 
I feel like it's uh, it it uh, sort of solidifies or or validates the the moment that you're in. Like I really feel like whatever I'm doing in that moment, I'm supposed to be there. It's like this wonderful synchronicity happening. Yeah, it's all about synchronicity and the universe really having our back and really listening and really providing for us. Mm. I love 1111. Okay. I see that a lot. And it's so interesting that Rob and Lenny are the 911 guys. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, Leslie, what do you have up your sleeve? I know you got something. Well, you know, we like to really get into it sometimes. And uh, recently I was talking to an artist friend and the topic of commissions came up. Sometimes that can be a raw nerve for some. Uh, I... I don't know how you feel. Well, I think I know how you feel about commissions, but for me, I sort of get just stressed even at talking about commissions or considering commissions. Um, And I know that we've sort of brushed on the topic in other episodes. We've said that it just doesn't hit right for us. It's no fun anymore when we're doing work for other people that might even be outside of the scope of our expertise or what we like to do. So I don't know, how do you feel about commissions? If someone were to approach you and ask you, hey, Kim, I've got this entryway that needs a painting. What do you think? Could you do a painting for me? Like, what does that do to you? First of all, I love the topic. And my answer to that is, it's a kind of a two or three part answer. The first Mm -hmm. thought is I'm honored and flattered that you would ask. It's a compliment to be asked to do a commission. And that I really appreciate. And it does make you feel good. It's like, we've talked about validation before on one of our episodes, we've touched on that. And it's kind of a, a validation. Wow. Somebody likes my work enough to commission my work. I like that. Uh, It feels good. The other thing is, I think for me now is I would be a little more cautious about what kind of commissions I accept. Mm. And because I've had a few commissions that I just did not feel it. Mm. I had no attachment to it whatsoever. And I don't have attachment to my work. I don't mean it that way, but I didn't have any kind of feeling about it. I didn't even like the subject matter, (laughs) you know, but, oh, somebody asked me to do this. I'm going to do it. And that's then. And so I'll say this is now, and now I would be honored firstly. And then I would also really want to sit down with the person and talk about why are you drawn to my work? What is it about my work that you want to commission? I want people to understand my process and I want to know what their expectations are. And I know you have a lot of thoughts on that probably. So let's talk about what, what do you think? I, you know, there's a piece of me that, you know, gets a a little jazzed when somebody asks me to do, to do work for them. Uh But I love that you would maybe pause for a minute and not say yes right away and actually sit down with a person like you could just say yeah let's talk let's sit down and talk about this and see if you two really do align yeah it has to be a good match so I I love the idea of it but again more often than not I get asked to do things that are like that I don't connect with like you had you had mentioned 
But I know this about myself. I'm a yes person. So I've kind of backpedaled a little bit and, and have done what you suggested, not say yes right away and maybe ask for some time to think about it. And then at one point we talked too, I love this suggestion from you. If you feel like you have been approached many times and have many commissions piling up, lucky you, right? Good good problem to have. But I loved how you said maybe you could announce that you are now accepting or you have openings on your calendar to accept X amount of commissions. It's what you know you can handle during a month or a six month period or a whole year. So that alleviates some of the pressure on you as an artist, because you know, from past experience, you can only do so much in a given amount of time. Not only can we only do so much in a given amount of time, but I don't want to do, I don't know how this will come across, but I don't want to do something for someone else too often that Mm -hmm. someone else has asked me to do because it takes away from my creative flowy process that I, that I have. Mm-hmm. My process and my practice is intuitive and flowing and coming through me and it comes out however it comes out and I don't plan it. Yeah. And I will say when I try to plan something, which I don't do very often, I get stuck or confused or what to do next? How do I even get through this? And if you don't mind me sharing, a prime example is the painting that I have right this minute that I've been working on that you've been giving me a little feedback on. And it started out super intuitive and just woo, flowy, flowy. And then I got, I started planning it. Yeah. And putting marks intentionally where I thought they should go. Right. And then I got stuck because I'm like, well, this isn't even my style. What am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. And I told you, I was thinking I should just paint over the whole thing, which (laughs) wouldn't surprise me if that happens, but yeah. uh, And you encouraged me. Well, so I take that back. I was thinking I should paint over the whole thing, but first I'm going to use it as a time to practice and push my limits and push my, my comfort zone and all of that. Mm -hmm. So with that said, I think when I am to say yes to a commission, I'm taking away my fluid uh, kind of intuitive process Mm -hmm. and doing what someone else wants me to do, Mm -hmm. which gives me an immediate artist block. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And if you know that about yourself and many artists work that way, you know, they Mm -hmm. just, it, it just has to, there's a certain flow. And absolutely. If you're, if you're not a, a prescriptive kind of person, then, then these, these little commissions are, are not going to work for you. However, there are many artists out there that love this kind of work, especially like portraiture, right? It's kind of cool how people can do that, but I certainly can't sign up for something like that. Well, me either. And I'm not, that's not my forte portraiture, but I have to share a story. I have a couple of good friends that actually do that. One of my friends, I won't mention names, came to our house when we lived at Topsail and I was having like a little artist play date and a few friends. And so I remember she was working on a portrait that was a commission and she was like, oh, God, I haven't worked on this in so long and I've got to get it finished. And, uh, you know, 
And I was watching her and I was like, this has given me a headache. (laughs) The absolute exact marks and how exact it was. Now, let me just also say, I have an immense admiration for that kind of talent and being able to work like that. It is, it blows my mind. An example is Todd Carignan. He teaches at the Cameron Art Museum. He is a very prolific painter in Wilmington. And I actually have one of his beautiful works that is a rendition of Pablo Picasso. Mm. And Lenny uh, purchased that for me for my birthday one year. And I love it. And when I look at it, I'm like, how can this be so exact? It is insane. And I actually took a class with him one time at the Cameron Art Museum. (laughs) And my style is so 100% different than his. And I was like, I want to push myself and learn like to paint like Todd. And so I did a, uh, there was a live model. And this guy had a beard and he was, you know, we're painting from a live model and Todd's walking us through it. And I'm looking at mine going, oh dear God, this is, this is not good. I literally, when he got finished, I apologize. I said, I just want to give you my apologies for how you (laughs) you turned out. (laughs) He was laughing. And honestly, when I look back at it, I actually did a pretty good job, but nothing like, I mean, Todd made him look exactly like he actually looked even down to his beard (laughs) well another way around this whole thing is to just give yourself an out and say I'm sorry I don't do commissions (laughs) absolutely be honest like take what you like yeah I did a commission one time and this is kind of a funny little thing but I had I my phone case was falling apart. So I thought, well, that's fine. I'm not going to trash it. I'll just collage over it and paint over it. No biggie. Mm -hmm. And so people started seeing it and they're like, oh my God, I love that. Where'd you get? I'm like, well, I just painted over it. Can you do one for me? (laughs) And so I did a few of them and there was this one that I did. And I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Why am I even doing this? And I was, they were paying me good money, you know, but I did not like what I painted, but it was exactly what they wanted. And it just, it didn't feel good. Well, let me tell you, I'll share this with you and then (laughs) we can move on to the next little thing. But so way back when I started like really diving into this idea of uh, this is like, oh gosh, 20, 20 something years ago. I had somebody ask me to do a pen and ink of their home. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I guess I could try that. And oh boy, did I punish myself? I mean, it I've never done any kind of architecture drawing like that before. And my perspectives, uh, you know, roof lines, oh my God, I tortured myself and I I was so mad at myself for saying yes, but I got through it. I did it over many, many times and I did learn a bit about pen and ink, Good, uh, but it's not something that I would sign up for again. Uh, It was neat though. The finished product was used for note cards and menu cards. It was kind of cool to see. That's awesome. Um, But, you know, then word, word got out. And then I had several people ask me, oh, can you do the front of my house with the address at the bottom? And, 
you know, I was like, Ooh, maybe I'm onto something. And then again, I just go through this cycle of like hating myself for saying (laughs) that you were making some money. (laughs) I was making some money. And then once I had something done, I figured out I could make prints and sell them. So yeah, there were some, that, that was kind of fun, uh, you know, selling prints and everything, but, uh, boy, it was torture getting to the finished product. So yeah. I'm glad that you had the practice and yeah. that you have another way of painting under your belt, you know? Yeah. Well, so anyway, I'll get back to why this kind of bubbled up into my thoughts. So my friend shared a story about a recent request she received from somebody and she was really quite flattered and excited about the project. It was just, you know, a verbal exchange kind of loose, but my friend really took it to heart and, and was serious about it. And it was sort of suggested or asked, you know, could you do this, this, and this? And so my friend went back to her drawing board, so to speak, and did a little research and figured out that why, yes, indeed, I could do it. And I quite like the results. And when she called this person to say, Hey, um, I have those pieces finished and, um, I'd love for you to see them. And her client was suddenly taken aback, like, Oh, I, I didn't really actually mean for you to do them. I just wanted to see if it was a possibility. And so it was a real sticky situation. She was able to navigate her way out of it, but it was, it's a feeling that you just don't want to get into again. And you want to protect yourself from that. Um, We started talking about how do we handle these conversations with with friends even to protect yourself if something like this comes up. So easy to find if you go online, you can find some pretty basic contracts to to print up and have for these casual conversations. I picked out a few things I think are important to include in a contract and you should have the names, your client and you, the piece that you're doing, the size, the medium that you're going to use, Mm -hmm. you should have an agreed upon deadline. Also, I think this is something I learned from my son, maybe work in one or two checkpoints or a check-in. Yes. Agreed upon date. You should most likely, I I think, take a deposit. Some people are kind of funny about that. So what do you think? Like a 50% deposit? That's I think I would, I think that sounds fair, but I would also see what the market says about that. There's so much more that goes into it that people just don't understand unless they're an artist. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think a deposit is certainly, I think that's totally fine to ask for. I had a commission for a book cover one time and the person paid me in advance for the whole thing. Like we decided on the price Mm-hmm. And they just paid me in advance and said, can't wait to see it. Wow. And so that was pretty cool. I didn't even think about a contract or anything like that. And I would have never asked, this is a while ago. I wouldn't have asked even for a deposit because I wasn't, I didn't think like that, yeah. but I, I enjoyed that. She went ahead and paid me in advance. That's another thing that you could say. I think if anyone's needing any kind of 
support or feedback with this topic is, you know, you could either give me a deposit or you can pay in advance. What would you rather do? Yeah. And then we'll write it up. You were telling me about an artist that does commissions. They do some kind of really cool family tree thing. Oh, yes. I um, loved that. I loved that idea. It was Rebecca Robichet. She's an artist that I follow. She's from New, New Orleans. And oh, she's got a gig with anthropology, which is okay. Lovely. Such a cool, like, thing to have. Lovely. So her artwork goes on all the beautiful dishware and textiles, whatever. She also paints family trees. And the reason I suggested announcing your schedule or appointments or commission dates uh, to your audience, she, she was the one that kind of announced, hey, I have six family tree slots open, sign up now. And then what she does is she goes out to visit the families wherever they are. And she takes copious notes and she interviews them. And she, she just finds all kinds of really cool symbolism to work into her tree. And they're on like six foot canvases, but they're just beautiful. And you can tell that she, you know, she needs time to do these. So that's why she only has a certain amount a year that she can handle. There's something that you really love doing. For instance, I love doing bird nests. I have quite a few of those posted on my Instagram account. I wouldn't mind doing a commission, you know, a special bird nest for somebody. You know, I really enjoy the process of painting a bird's nest. I, so, and your bird's nests are really cool. Anyone listening, if you want to order a bird's nest, just contact Leslie, go to Ravenworks Studio yeah. <laughs> or contact Leslie via Instagram private message and talk to Leslie about designing a bird's nest just specifically for you and your family. Maybe you have three children and you want three eggs in the nest or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And you and Leslie can draw up a contract you can pay a deposit <laughs> and you can get your nest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just, I love that because uh, my last bird nest that I made didn't have any eggs in it. And that oh. was, that was, that was truly, uh, you know, that was on purpose because I was really feeling the empty nest oh. syndrome, the, oh, that goodness. feeling your children have left, they've flown, they're flying and what that means it's like a new journey for for parents or parent a parent but it would be fun to like weave in you know certain things for for families that you know some symbolism there so yeah i'd love to work with somebody on a bird's nest just like this gal likes to work with with family trees that's um, a really good thing and that's so you i could totally see you doing that yeah i would enjoy that I wanted to move on to the next little topic about <laughs> donating art and <laughs> donating specifically to organizations that are maybe doing some fundraising. Uh, usually that's what it's for, like a silent auction or even a, a live auction where people bid out loud on a piece of artwork. Have you ever been approached by an organization to donate a piece of art? multiple times and I have done it Ooh. multiple times so many times okay. I've donated work for years 
I, I have two, mostly to my own military community mm-hmm. and didn't mind that so much because all that they do for our community, I knew that it would go directly into my people. I felt really passionate about it and the cause right. resonated with me, but I have been asked to hand over a piece of art for an organization. And it always surprises me that, that these organizations really don't have the artist's interests at heart. I mean, they just think that we have all this work laying around to hand out to folks. And I just have a real problem with organizations or individuals not thinking about how to compensate the artist. It's always been, I need a piece of free art for this cause so we can raise money. I love the, you know, the drive behind it, but you can at least give a little credit besides, oh, it's free advertising or, you know, free publicity for you as an artist. I feel like they should at least give you a certain agreed upon percentage of whatever this piece garners from the auction or, you know, a donated amount of money from an individual they, they should give the artist a little something. I mean, I, I can remember giving a piece to somebody to this really uh, like a black tie event. And I put a lot of work into these pieces. It was two pen and ink drawings. And they were just like, oh, thank you. And then every single attendee got a copy of these pen and inks. I wasn't even given like free tickets to the event. Like I even had to pay out of pocket to go to this thing. I have mixed emotions and mixed reviews about this. I, and you too, I mean, you're, you're very immersed in service work Mm -hmm. as I am. Mm -hmm. And I have for years thought of donating art as part of my service work but I don't think of it that way anymore. And part of that is because thanks to Kyra, I have been, everyone's heard us talk about Kyra if they've listened to the podcast. And so Kyra Van Sickle, kyrafineart.com, she does mentoring and coaching. She has like a punch card thing on her website that you can just purchase and you can have sessions with her to discuss anything you want to discuss. And I've been working with her on a few things. And one of the things that she brought up was don't give art away anymore. It's not a bad thing. It's not like, Ooh, don't be, you know, helping (laughs) fundraisers. It's not like that. It's more of a take your art more seriously and don't give your art away. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a time and place for that. But for me, it was every single time someone asked, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Every single time I'm talking about original after original after original painted specifically for the project. And that is just not a good way to do business. Imagine mm-hmm. if a car lot, every time someone asked them if they could donate a car <laughs> for mm-hmm. a fundraiser, are they going to say yes? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. they're not because they can't, they'd go out of business. Mm-hmm. You know, is a hair salon going to every single time someone asks them donate free haircuts? Probably not. You can't do that. 
I think for me, I, there is a time and a place. And I just said yes to a friend. And this is an organization I've worked with for years, Plastic Ocean Project, who I love. They do great work and it's, it's near and dear to my heart. And I said, yes, I had a piece already in mind. And so, yeah, I will say yes to that. It's, I don't have to make a new piece of art. It's already here. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Now, what I think we can do is say, if we even want to donate art to organizations that are fundraising, nonprofits or whatever they are, maybe we have an allotment of work. The very beginning of the year, I am going to donate two pieces of art for this entire year. That I can handle. I can stand Mm -hmm. behind that. Not 25 different people that ask you, like I have done in the past. I've had three different people ask me recently if I would donate work. One was a, no, I don't have anything. One was a, yes, I'm happy to. And one was a, you know what? I really don't have anything, but I would love for you to send me the link and I will support monetarily through Ah, the link. And I was happy with that response. And this also is near and dear to my heart. It's an ovarian cancer um, organization. And my mom died from ovarian cancer and my friend who asked me, her mother died from ovarian cancer. This is something I can stand behind and I want to support, but I don't necessarily have to give a piece of art to support them. Right. So that's my take on donating for fundraisers. And I agree with you. There's usually nothing or little in it for the artist. And it's not a reciprocity thing for me. It's not a tit for tat. I did this for you. You do this for me. However, I feel like as an organization, it's important to think outside of the box and think about, hey, what can we do for the people who are giving us donations? Tony Butler with Hope from Helen, who I've donated every single year until a couple of years ago when we moved to New York for that brief time, I helped them with their fundraising setup and I donated a piece every single year, an original piece of art or jewelry. Mm -hmm. And I love that organization. And if so, if there were, if there was one or two organizations, I was going to say, I'll do two per year. That would be one of them. He has this whole thing on his website list, every artist who's donating and, and it's an amazing organization. His mother died from cancer and he's helping the community left and right, giving them money. If they're going through chemo and they can't afford it, that he's donating money to the actual person. I love that. And so, yes, I would continue to support that. And there isn't a ticket. I don't think there is a, re- you know, door price or whatever. You just go and you have fun. Yeah. But I, I do like your idea of compensate the artist. If there's, if there are tickets involved, Hey, you get two free tickets for your donation. Yeah. Things like that. Reciprocity is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's not always expected on my end, but it's also nice. Quite honestly, it's kind of like, having a contract for a commission where you can say to that person, well, yes, I'd love to donate. Let's say somebody asked me, Ravenworks has a policy. We ask for 30% of the total sale of that piece. If, if let's say it's auctioned off, I come up with some agreed upon percentage of whatever the total auction price is. And I get that back. And that's a way of thanking the artists for their time, their effort, their talent. Yeah, I like that idea. And I do want to be clear, like I do enjoy, um, I'm happy to donate work sometimes. I just uh, don't want to do it all the time. 
That's right. I don't want to do it all the time. And I think for me now, I am going to a lot, one or two paintings a year and, mm-hmm. and be like, this is my way of giving back. And I'm going to choose carefully who I give this to. Mm-hmm. And also I spend enough money um, you know, once a month on different Patreons and different, you know, organization donations and things like that, that mm-hmm. I don't think I need to feel like, oh, I need to donate art to. I don't need to do that anymore. And I really appreciate Kyra and her insight and helping me along with noticing some things. And again, I will definitely continue to donate a piece or two a year, but the way I'm working now, I have some goals and I have some uh, events coming up and, and you and I have some little special magic to share soon, but not right now. So I really don't have extra art. <laughs> I've yeah. been working really hard to, to make yeah. my goals happen. So uh, it's all yeah, good. And, I, and even, even these organizations that are raising money for whatever the community or scholarships, they only have X amount of dollars to give out too. So anybody that comes to them you know, asking for money, they have to say the same thing. Well, we can only give out X amount of dollars or there's a process to uh, actually getting money, you know, so everybody has their limits. And uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. I think it's a great topic. And it it also, I feel like you and I will probably continue this discussion Mm -hmm. at different times. I would like to bring up, uh, you and I have talked multiple times about galleries and we've been to so many galleries and I love art galleries and they're mm-hmm. also different. And, you know, everyone has their, their kind of cool thing going on in the gallery world. Everyone's different. One of the things that I have found to be kind of across the board with art galleries, if you're an artist and you look on their site, how to do an artist submission, they, most of them, Now I'm going to say I, for me, 99%, I don't even know it might be a hundred, but I want to just give the benefit of the doubt, (laughs) but most that I've seen, they say, send us five to 10 images, blah, 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 whatever their criteria is. And we will not contact you if we are not going to use your art. (laughs) If you're a gallery and you're that busy, hire someone, hire a person specifically to email the artists back because mm. if you're a gallery owner, you're probably an artist or you know a lot of artists. Mm. So let's think for a minute about the amount of, I'm going to say bravery for one thing, mm. vulnerability. Yeah. It takes a lot if we haven't been, for those who haven't submitted to galleries, for those who haven't been in juried shows. That's another thing, juried exhibitions. We can only email you back if you're in the exhibition. No, that is not true. Mm. You can email everyone back. Hire a secretary specifically to do just that because for one thing, it's a courtesy thing. And for another thing, the artist that has put themselves out there to be vulnerable, to send in and wait to hear back. Yeah. It's like waiting to see if you got into a specific college. You're either going to get a rejection or a yes. Right, right. Getting right. a freaking letter one yeah. way or the other. Yeah. I think galleries can be a little more courteous when it comes to that. And yeah, I get it. You're busy. Yeah. You are busy. I'm glad you're busy. And so mm-hmm. you're making some good money on this art that you have in your gallery. You know, I kind of look at this too as 
we've, we've said this to each other, you know, feedback is a gift, right? What an amazing opportunity for a gallery to nudge an artist along. Like how often have you interviewed for, let's say a job and you don't get it and you, I've gone back and asked, could you maybe share where my weaknesses were or why wasn't I a good fit for this job so that I can prepare myself for the next interview or job opportunity? Maybe they say, we don't look at anything that's not in a portfolio or little bits of feedback can help an artist grow and get better. Let's touch on that. If you are submitting to a gallery, please make sure that you look at every single one of their specifications. Don't waste your time or theirs sending something that not that's not in the right format or that isn't in a slideshow. If they ask for a slideshow, send a slideshow. If right. they ask for specific images and sizes, send it. Don't waste your time or yours. Again, for the gallery's sake. Yeah. They, yeah, they are busy. And that's another subject. You know, the galleries yeah. are busy yeah. and the you have to do it the way they need you to do it. In a perfect world, they would be able to hire someone to A, let you know that your work is not accepted at this time. Mm. And to take it a step further, as you said, a little bit of feedback. And that is, I think that's getting into another level of, you know, asks because mm -hmm. they are busy and mm -hmm. they, they can't give every single person feedback, probably not even the people they're accepting mm. but how nice would that be if there was a person that could be the gallery feedback person <laughs> I know I don't know <laughs> now first of all I just have to tell everybody I haven't submitted to a gallery and <laughs> had that happen <laughs> I have not submitted to a gallery and not heard back from them so I'm, I'm gonna say that it's not about me personally but, but it's what about, you're seeing yeah it's about for me it's about the courtesy of just giving an artist closure yeah. Yes yeah. or no? Come on. Yeah. I think I that that is a nice thing to do. If yeah. you don't email them back and they're waiting four months later, I wonder if they're going to email me. Mm -hmm. It's just, come on, just, just send an email at this time. We can't accept your work, but thank you so much for your time. Yeah. yeah. Right? What do you think? Am I, am I crazy to be asking that much? <laughs> no, no, I, no, I think I, we deserve an answer, at least an answer, a yes or a no. And then oh, the gosh. feedback part, yeah, I can maybe understand that that would take some time, but mm -hmm. gosh, wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice to get some feedback from a prominent gallery so that you can improve that whole process? You know what? It would. And here's the thing. I have a gallery that I'm going to say mm. <clears throat> does just that. Oh, wow. I know. I found this person, I ended up signing up for their newsletter and it is Xanadu Gallery in Arizona. Ooh. And I was so impressed with their newsletters that they send out. I still don't know what the catch is to tell you the truth. Every time he <laughs> sends something, I'm like, is there a catch here? <laughs> is there something I'm missing? <laughs> I mean, am I supposed to be paying for this? Like, he gives the most pertinent information. If you are an artist and you want to have your work in a gallery, I'm a gallery owner. Here are the do's and don'ts. Nice. Nice. Yeah. If you are an artist and you want to submit work to a gallery, you need a digital portfolio. Here is a video step-by-step -step how to make a digital portfolio. All this information. And I'm like, is he for real? Like, am I missing something? 
am I, is there like something being taken out of my checking account that I don't know about for this information? (laughs) But so there you go. You have just that. And he goes so far as to say, when you're making your digital portfolio, feel free to send me a couple of the photos and I will tell you my thoughts. Awesome. What? Yeah. How is this even real? And so check it out. Xanadu Gallery in, I want to say Scottsdale, Arizona. It's called the Red Dot Blog. That's cool. Everybody write that down. So yeah, there is a way. There is a way. (laughs) I love it. Okay, everyone. It's time for us to draw a name for our giveaway that we have been so excited about our 1111 giveaway. This is our 11th episode, 11 o'clock on 1111. And we're uh, very excited to give away a little goodie bag from our studios. We came up with this idea after we did our episode all about studio setups and all of that. And if you listen to that, you know, um, Leslie, the world traveler has moved to many different studios and has had a lot of experience setting up and, and I've moved a few times, so not as many as Leslie, uh, but we, after that episode thought, how fun would it be to go into our studios and find some fun little things to put together for a giveaway? So we've done just that. And Leslie is going to draw the name and announce it right now. Okay. The lucky winner is woven by society woven by society oh i wonder what their name what's their name let's see um robin hall robin hall woven by society so you can follow robin hall woven by society on instagram you can also go to our post the original giveaway post probably a few posts down on each of our instagrams and check out who entered and probably there are a lot of good artists on there that you'd like to follow so Feel free to give them a follow. Oh my gosh. Her stuff is really cool. I've just gone to check and she sews beautiful clothes. I mean, I think she travels to find these fabrics. They're the most unique looking tops and dresses, creating and sewing one-off pieces of women's clothing. Each piece is, uh, each piece as unique and individual as you. I love it. I can't wait to look and dive more into that. Wow. Well, congratulations, Robin Hall. Robin, yippee. We're going to be sending you very soon a little package in the mail, and it's going to be so fun. And guess what? It's going to include one of our stickers. We now have stickers for Artness Podcasts. They're super cute. Uh, Leslie shared on her story. So you have to check that out. And thank you so much for listening to this 11th episode on 1111. Mm -hmm. It was really great, Leslie, as always, uh, just having a nice conversation and sharing our thoughts on art and life and all Mm -hmm. the in between. And yeah, it's really fun. Good stuff. Yes, it was. Happy Veterans Day. And I hope you have a great day, Kim. I hope you do. Okay, bye. Bye.